I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. We use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I am director of The Fifth Element, where I highlight the fifth element of hip hop, which is knowledge. OJ be like, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Huh? Okay. I've been Southampton, but I've never been to Skanto. Bro, that far, that far actually resonated because I used to play FIFA, like FIFA 98 or something, and I always oh, really? used to play with Scunthorpe United and get them into the Premier League. And so oh, when, he, when he rapped that, I was like, yeah, rapping Scunthorpe. Yeah, well played, sir. Why Scunthorpe? Because they were the worst team. They were the worst team in <laughs> FIFA. So I'm like, I've got to get them into the Premier League. I might win the Champions League with these guys. FIFA 98, yeah. Oh, wow. it's old school, man. Maybe wow. ninety nine. This is just. I'm. I'm old. You know me. I'm old. Uh, my well, my first FIFA game was like two thousand and three, four, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Like it was like PS one, super yeah. fr- super throwback. Um, I had yeah. like F one two thousand and one as well. That was that was so funny because <sighs> I did not know how to race. Bro, you I just kept f- crashing into people and cutting corners. It was too funny. The commentator was just berating me, and I'm just like, fuck you, I'm doing my race. <laughs> just being me, man, just doing me. Oh, man. PS, PS2 is the GOAT. I, I, that, was my, that was the greatest time of all t- uh, for, for me as a child. I, 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 was in, I was in a perfect place. But yeah, anyway, uh, gaming, gaming aside, this is not a gaming podcast. Um, yeah, actually, funny, funny on, the, on the same note as uh, Scunthorpe and Southampton, I, I went to uni in Southampton, so there you go. That was, oh, there you go. Uh, was, That's was, a link. That's a link. Yeah, nice, 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 nice link right there. So we we have links here with that particular bar, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, so yeah, starting the show. Uh, how you doing, Benny? How's your week been? And what have you been listening to? Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a week. It's it's been another week. Yeah, uh, dude, what 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 podcast are we up to now? We're in the thirties. We're well in, well into the thirties at this point. This is this is number thirty two. When we get to fifty two, that's gonna be epic. We're gonna get to mm. a year. Anyway, I'm excited mm. for that, man. But um, so I listen. I actually, uh, I actually listened to a lot of projects this week. Uh, so I'm gonna go from Did best you? to. I'm gonna go to from best to trash. So I'm gonna start with Wiki, <laughs> Wiki's Ufi. Is that how you say? It? I got no idea how you say that. Um, You're but, rubbing up the wrong tree there, bro. Yeah, man. I, well, I listened to it and and I listened to it on the way home yesterday, man. I needed this album so badly because I tried to listen to the new album from the script, which is. Uh, they're Irish, I think, or mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know the script. And it was way too emotionally manipulative that album. I'm like, I'm not in this. I'm not in this uplifting, euphoric headspace. So I needed some bars and heavy beats, and I got mm-hmm. it from Wiki. It was a bit too long. Uh, I think it could have cut freaks from the end and a couple of other tracks towards the back end. But man, this guy is just way on top of his lyrical and technical game. There are like phases of just true delight when he begins experimenting with his flows and cadences um the denzel curry feature was great and uh, your old droog as much as it hate pains me to say was <laughs> an incredible feature with one of the worst twitter feeds of 2019 i hate that i don't hate the guy but i'm like come on man it's 2019 grow up 
but he rapped really, really well on this album. Uh, Princess no- Nokia, Nokia, is that how you say it? Well, it depends where you're at. I see Nokia. Okay, so she came through and she just slayed the whole album. Like, that was incredible. Really? Um, okay. I would recommend that album, man. That was a good album. It was pretty clean. Uh, yeah, it was a good album. I went on to FKA Twigs's Magdalene. Oh, good. Mm. Help, help me understand what FKA Twigs is about, because so, I see her stuff yeah. and I'm just like, you freak me out. I'm just not going to listen. <laughs> okay, so, so this is what I had. Like, I said, I've never been the biggest FKA Twigs fan. Because I think she came in the game at a time when I really wasn't in the headspace to appreciate art that was as multi-dimensional as she was creating. So, because I, mm-hmm. I always wondered if she was just a bit of a of a, of a facade, like you know, was she being a bit cynical back in 2014? Was she being kind of because that's when she came in the game? Was she was this just the character she was playing? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I was like, be, I was being too cynical myself. But in 2019, I couldn't care less whether it's authentic or not. It's just beautiful. Like, I really love this album. It's really delicate at times, and then it spurs into vibrant life at others. And I, for some reason, I just get this odd feeling of comfort when FKA Twigs is singing. It's like, I don't know, she just seems really calm. And even when I lose the the narrative thread of the album, which happened a lot because it's quite a dense album, and, and or her music is hard to unpack, it just mm. felt warm and calming that she was there. And I don't know, man, I've got to listen to this album a few more times, but I I enjoyed it on first listen. I've been waiting for this album for a while because I've been waiting to see what she would come up with. And um, I have to say, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I recommend people go listen to that. Uh, so then I actually did do Dave East's Survival. Oh, you did? Um, I did, okay. man. I thought well, I was taking one for the team. Okay. You know what was crazy? I was in the car yesterday and I, I thought I'd set up my Spotify playlist so that I would listen first to uh, Tiny Temper's album and then Doja Cat's album. But for some reason, okay. I I forgot to put Doja Cat into the playlist. So Dave East came uh. on and I was like, oh, well, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll listen to it. Um, and I think, I think the only difference between an album and a mixtape after the conversation we had two weeks ago on this podcast is how much mm-hmm. the label is going to spend on production and promotion because mm. on this album, Swiss Beats, Arab Music, Timbaland, and Murder Beats all produce. Dave yep. has never had a production credit from those artists before. So mm. my assumption is the label, Def Jam, have just said, oh, we'll just throw money at you. And um, the, the album is just a mess to me. I, I wish Def Jam knew what they were doing at the moment, but it feels like they're just throwing money and names at artists and saying... Hey, go get us a top ten, and we'll give you some random Swizz beats and Timberland production, mm. and room in your budget for seven quality features. And you know, Dave goes and grabs Nas, The Dream, E Forty, Fabulous, Ty Dolla Sign, and uh, he forgets, or he he probably doesn't forget, but it's like all of them are likely to outshine him in the realm he's attempting to exist on on this project. So. He's this. He's occupying this weird middle ground on this album between the hard-edged, grimy rap style he was doing with Styles and P and Nas, for example, and the mm. pop-focused garbage like Need a Sign. Like we get it, okay? We get it. You need an upbeat anthem on your album because the label wants to up the stream count. But come on, man! Like the three-track suite from On My Way to School, Seventeen, and Mama I Made It are exactly why Dave is great. He raps really well, and he tells a great story, and he adheres really well to a concept. But, bro, this is it was just a mess, this album. So, uh, I can't recommend people listen. 
go and listen to it and try and find your favorite tracks, but it's too long and it's just, it's exactly what you don't want from a major label debut. It's like t- took him out of his comfort zone and yeah, I don't know, Mal was a bit disappointed with that. Um, mm. I also listened to Jason Derulo's Two Sides and I listened to it so you don't have <laughs> to. Fucking I know Jason Derulo time, wow. I listened oh, to it so no one else has to. And I actually wrote some stuff down here, but I'm not even going to say it. I'm just going to say don't listen to that album. It's it's, um, <laughs> it's garbage. Waste it. notes. <laughs> that's it, man. I wasted my Threw time. Threw them notes man. in the bin. <laughs> that was, that, yeah, that's a no from me. Oh, jeez. Just, just a scribble on the page. It's dark blackness. <laughs> it was a big, big. no, wow. no. So yeah, that's big what no. I got. That's what I got okay. into. What about yourself? Um, I've actually listened to a lot uh, this week. I was just start looking on the list. I'm like, I've listened to a decent amount this week. Um, so I started off with some uh, uh, libretto and bus crates, uh, eternal riding. I've never heard of these two before. Um, I got it from a just a. Uh, well, another shout out to Hip Hop Golden Age. They just keep giving me good shit, just good articles, and just like uh, you know, un- like stuff that you haven't heard from. Like uh, just, uh, and that was kind of one of those. And uh, I saw the uh, most of the time, I usually just see the album cover and just read like some description they put, and I'm like, mm, yeah, I can work with that. Um, and yeah, that was a that was a very interesting, very interesting album. It's a very very chilled hip hop album. I can't really like describe it in a way, but it's just very, it's just a very chilled hip hop album. So if you're into very calm hip-hop album with some great beats and some good rapping like you know it's like i like like i was like i'm gonna keep saying for the rest of time now now that we had that lighter note about uh uh has the year been shit or whatever i'm just gonna ride that i'm just gonna die on that hill and just go there's always good shit out there and this is one of those you know good things that you should look up it's it's very it's very low-key but it's good, like you just just pop it in the whip and you're good. You're you're good for you're good for a good forty minutes, whatever long, however long it was. Uh, I went on to <clears throat> I found this on Instagram of all, all places. It's uh, like it was, I just saw on discover discover page and I was like, mm, why not? Um, Stoli or yeah, Stoli. Uh, Reflection of self, the head trip. Um, so he's actually signed up to Maybach Music. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And and it's he's he's not he's not like. He's not like Ross. He's not like any no. of those. Like, it's it's so it's so different. Times. So it's just, yeah. it's very. I haven't granted. I haven't heard of the rest of Stoli's uh, stuff. He's been around for a few years, but uh, this one's very very introspective. Uh, as you can imagine, in terms of reflection of self, kind of thing, it really is that to a T. Um, I read his Instagram post about it, and he was just about uh, you know saying. Listen to every lyric. Listen to listen to every beat. No, no, no. I put all my time to this, and he, it felt very passionate. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. And it's very, it's a very heartfelt uh, piece of work. And um, I'm, I'm like I said, I haven't heard Stoli until literally when I listened to this album. But it makes me, it gives me that feeling of just like, this is a very, like a turning point in his, I guess, life and obviously his career as well. And uh, from the album itself, is very. Like I said, very reflective, introspective, just looking inside. And uh, yeah, it was a very good album, very good listen. Uh, Anti-Lily and Phonics, That's the World. Um, so if you haven't, if you're not clued up on my Fifth Element antics, uh, I recently did an interview with uh, a rapper called A1. I uh, actually uh, shouted him out on a few ep- way episodes ago when I uh, listened to his album Solar Power. And uh, he's actually the founder of him and Phonics are the founders of Don't Sleep Records, and they actually uh, they do these um, mainly it's mainly jazz hip hop albums, and Anti Liddy's a part of that as well. And this album's you know straight to that. It's just jazz hip hop, 
uh, anti Liddy's uh, got some interesting lyrics, lyrical content. It's just, it's kind of it's it's a little bit edgy for what I see in terms of jazz hip hop, but uh, it it works. It works. It it gets the job done. It's kind of interesting. So uh, it, it, some lyrics just catch me out. I'm just like, wait, what did he say? <laughs> it's just a bit out there. But uh, no, the beats themselves by Phonics is just, oh, just elite. Elite jazz hip hop, I love it. Um, I'm gonna leave that one to the last because I actually really enjoy that one. Uh, I listened to the two albums by the same two people, uh, Swank and King Draft, uh, two to five, two five to Jersey, and two five to Jersey the sequel. Um, so the sequel dropped uh, late, uh, early this week, well this week, and uh, the origin, the first project dropped uh, a few months ago, and I just totally forgot to uh, listen to it. To be honest, so I thought I'd listen to both, and. Um, yeah, it's, uh, they're both they're both they're signed to Jam Records, uh, which is why the the link towards why I listen to them. Shout out to Jam Records, and um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a, it's a very they're they're a decent they're a decent uh, duo in terms of um, uh, they sound different, which I'm always looking for. I'm looking for like different perspectives and different uh, voices as well. Uh, they rap very well. There's there's not very uh, there's not many. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, one doesn't stick out above the other. Um, they're very equal, uh, equal footing, and the beats are obviously, you know, Soul Council beats. It's it's gonna slap, so it's gonna be clean. Uh, personally, I prefer the first album uh, uh, next to the second album. The second album has way better uh, cover art, but uh, I, I I prefer the music to the first uh, the first album. Uh, there's a couple of there's a couple of tracks on there that it's actually uh, they uh, what was it? Um, I think uh, Kendrick's For Sale. That's the second interlude, isn't it? For Sale. It's like, Roger, nigga. I thought you was gangster. And they have that in the sample as well. It's, oh, it's, it's so clean. And they have some great uh, lyrical homages to uh, to other eyes, to other legends as well. So uh, it's, that's always worth That's always worth um, some, something to me. Uh, I did also listen to Davy Survival and... Um, <laughs> you cut. You kind of nailed it, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, I was worried about <laughs> you, that. You, you, you kind of nailed it, unfortunately. Like I've, I think I've said this before. I've tried to. I've really tried to get into Dave East in the past couple of years. Uh, I think I started. Uh, I forgot the mixtape name. It was like I think it's like uh, I think it's like the first Paranoia. I, I think. Yeah, 2017 Paranoia. True story. Yeah, so I started with that, and I was like, you know, that's cool. I also listened to Karma 2 and also P2. For some reason, I didn't listen to the Styles P1. I, I don't know why. That just that slipped. That just slipped my. That just slipped my uh, uh, net, to be honest. And I was. Just, and I just never got around to it. But yeah, y- y- yeah, you kind of hit the. Um, you kind of hit the nail on the head with this uh, particular album. It just. It, it. Once it gets to the depth of the features, like this stretch of Jacquees, then Gunner. Mozzie and he thought it was a good track. Devil Eyes. That was a good track. Night Shift with Lil Baby. Fucking hell. And it, yeah, and generic, also the generic. and also the the tie dollar sign track, which sounded um, so, sorry, it sounded like I was nineteen again and going to clubs. It it sounded like that. It it sounded like a it, it sounded like any DJ mustard beat from twenty fifteen to, <laughs> to in that area. You know, you know that year where it was just DJ mustard beats and it was just a, they, they just all sounded the same as uh, that's yeah. Uh, that's just the joy it sounded like to me, and I'll be real. I skipped that track because I can. I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't get to that. I couldn't do it. But um, yeah, it's very, it's very fifty-fifty. You know, um, 
like you, like you said, the stretch from on my way to school, 17, my run made it. Really enjoyed those. Also, actually, I didn't mind Need a Sign, I will say. I didn't mind it. Um, the They Want to Kill You with G- DJ Premier, Godfather 4, Nas is good tracks. But yeah, yeah. once it got to like... Yeah, yeah once it got to that, mid, that mid-range of just like having Jacquees and Gunner, then Lil Baby, and I'm just like, oh. Yeah, no. just, they, they, he, the, the tracks are their tracks, but it feels like Davies is featuring. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Like, if you're making a debut album, it needs to be you. Yeah, I now, say we, we can say what we want about the big day, but at least that was chance. You know what I mean? It wasn't... It wasn't That's true. Um, That's true. It wasn't, it wasn't whatever feature... It wasn't like Ari Lennox comes on a feature and it sounds like an Ari Lennox song. No, it's Ari Lennox featuring on a chance song. That It makes sense on that front. But in this case, it is... Like, I've, this is the first time I've heard of heard Lil Baby and Gunner, like in terms of like me hearing them and I can be and I've listened to Davies before that doesn't sound like Davies it sounds no, like what no. I think a gunner or little baby song sounds like yeah. and that's what and that's what disappoints me about this album it's just yeah I mean yeah, I, like I said I've tried with Davies many many times and you know the mixtapes in my mind are way better than this um he can do better and uh yeah I'm just I, I I, I just really I want him to be good, but I, I can't get over I can't get over that hill with him sometimes. It's just maybe maybe it's the delivery, the vocal tone just doesn't no, hit I know, right. I know what you're saying. Uh, like doesn't, I, he doesn't command a track like you know like Nas does. It. You know what I mean? That's it the does, thing. That was that with when Nas was on that track with him, it was so stark the difference in yeah, just level yeah. of MCing. And the thing I always go back to with Dave is that everyone puts him on a high pedestal like real rappers like you know mm-hmm. styles p talks about him like nas talks about how great he mm-hmm. is and and so i keep going back and i'm like well where where is it like i i know he's a he's a decent rapper but I, i'm not seeing the dazzlingness i'm not being dazzled by him you know nas nas just at, ran rings around him on that song yeah. like it was just unbelievable even when they you know when they uh did the same refrain or the chorus together like, mm. Dave did it first, and then Nas did it. And I was just mm. like, it's the same words. I don't even know who wrote these, but it sounds a <laughs> hundred times better coming out of Nas than Dave East. Yeah, it's, 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 a weird, it's a weird paradox going on. It just doesn't, it just doesn't sit right with me whenever, whenever that kind of stuff happens. But the, the track um, later in, where like, he talks about his daughter, those are the kind of tracks I really enjoy from Dave East, and that's yeah, where he same. really shines. So there is something there, and I do understand what, well, I do understand, like, uh, I'm not, well, I don't want to say I see what Nas and Stars PC, um, but I can see something's there. And, you know, uh, there's only so many times I could try. So, yeah. give me like, a couple more projects and I'll probably make my mind up. But, um, yeah, the last one I'm going to talk about is uh, Apollo Brown, Sincerely Detroit. I was going to nice. listen to this last week, but I didn't, yeah. get, to the, didn't get the chance to. Um, bro, this album, so I wanted to put this in the same. <clears throat> in the same ref point of reference as like a uh, revenge of the dreamers right so while that while revenge of the dreamers free is like a, you know a great album amazing collaborative album you know everyone gets their chance to shine and there's obviously other people there as well um this is this this 
Actually, I also want to preface this with the, something I also listened to recently. Um, there was a podcast I listened to, uh, my man Bamani Jonas, uh, interviewed DJ Premier, obviously ahead of um, the one of the best yet dropping. Well, actually, it was last, it was this week the interview dropped, so obviously before that, uh, after that anyway. But um, he said that like the job of a producer, he thinks of it as like a coach, like a sports coach. And I found that very interesting. And I was, I was I was thinking about DJ Premier when he said that, and then I listened to Apollo Brown, and the amount of features on this album I have never seen so many names on an album before. <laughs> it's actually dumb how many features there are. Like if you just look up the the the, the album itself, and you just see the names alone, you're just like you don't know. I don't know like three quarters of these people. I will name I will name the ones I have heard. Black Milk. Uh, uh Elzai, uh, Illa J, uh, Slum Village, Boog Brown, uh, Roris, Nolan the Ninja. I've named like how many, how many people I don't, don't name there, like uh, less than 10. There's like yeah, another 20 here. There's like another yeah. 20 here, bro. <laughs> it's wild. actually crazy how many people are on That's this. Wild. And the point about this album is that uh, obviously it says Sin City Detroit, and these are all Detroit, Michigan rappers. And the feat taken there, and linking that to something like Revenge of the Dream is Free, and also linking that to what DJ Premier thinks in his ethos of being a producer, this is an amazing achievement by Apollo Brown. Like, to get all these people, and to make a very cohesive album, um, you know, it's not like, it's not flashy, it's not flashy like Revenge of the Dreamers Free. Obviously, that has like you know everyone's trying to get the best verse going, but this is just so cohesive, um, and like I said, not flashy, but it's so cohesive. And the fact that he's done this is an amazing undertaking. The only Detroit rapper that's not on this is like Eminem. <laughs> it's uh, crazy. Thank gosh for that. It's, thank gosh for that. <laughs> it's an amazing. It's a really amazing undertaking. So tip of the hat to Apollo Brown. Um, I don't know if it'll make my top twenty of the of the end of the year, but I really want to just applaud the, the the just the job done here. It's a really good album for what it is, and uh, I can't I can't I can't really think about having that many people to coach. That'll be just that 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 sounds like a nightmare to me. But anyway, we shall get to the start of the show finally, <laughs> and um, uh, we're talking about well for the next. What is it? Four weeks, four, four episodes. Weeks, yeah. We are going to talk about. Um, obviously, it's coming to the end of the year and also the end of the decade, and we want to talk about our top ten albums, hip hop albums of the decade. Um, so, well, Ben actually asked me to ask me about this uh, a few days ago, and I was kind of um, I was kind of hesitant to be honest because I've for the past year I've been thinking about doing a list of, of a decade list of some of some form. But I never really got down to it, and I can never really pin pin my thoughts on, excuse me, on how to do it. And uh, and I, I guess I guess the the reason why I've done it now, and um, Ben obviously wanted to do it just on a whim, but I really wanted to think about it. And because he because he said because he said uh, just hip hop albums <laughs> made it, uh, I think very very much more easy. For me, I did. I I don't know about Ben, but I made my list in about like a day and a half. Yeah, it didn't take long for me. Um. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I, I I will I want I want to just preface with um my kind of um 
uh, how how I made the list, I guess, and uh, Ben can say it for his as well. Um, I wanted it to be one hundred percent subjective, like because most of the lists I do, um, whether it be for wherever um, in my mind or just uh, on the fifth element or whatever, there's always a level of object objectivity to it. But this, I just wanted to keep it one hundred percent subjective because. I, I, it's it's boring. It's boring if it's subjective. Um, <laughs> if it was an objective list, it will be albums you guys have heard of before, most likely. Um, ben has to listen to six of my albums uh, in the top ten, and I have to listen. I have to listen to about uh, three that I haven't heard of, um, that I haven't haven't listened to yet. So, you know, uh, I just wanted to preface to you guys when I when when this list is over and said and done. Do not be coming to me or Ben for that matter for like saying, "Oh, that's not even his, but his or her's best project." No, no, no. That's not what we're here for. We're not here to, we're not here to be objective here. We're saying, we're saying, these are the albums. These are the top ten albums of the decade, hip hop albums that have done something to us or taught us something or whatever or why it's important to us. Us personally, don't give. I don't. I mean, personally, I don't give a shit about whether you guys have heard it before. Whether you guys don't like like it or do like it, it's my list and it's important to me in s- several reasons. So um, yeah, I just wanted to preface for that. I don't know if you have any um, things you want to lay down before we begin. Yeah, well, when I pitched the idea, you were pretty keen at first, and then uh, then the next message about twelve hours later was quite long and quite very finessed me, and I I didn't understand. And then then I thought deeply about this and like I've thought so much about your list over the last two days like listening to the music you put on it and then looking at my list and the albums that are on it and the artists that are on it and as you said you know like I had to listen to you know I'm gonna have to listen to six of the albums on your list out of ten and you're probably only gonna have to listen to three but you probably already know the artists anyway that I've mentioned um and I, I was looking at the actual difference between the list now just to preface it yes this is just my favorite ten albums there's no I know hip hop numbers is meant to be objective, but there's no objectivity in my list. It's not. I've not done this off statistics. I've not done this based on rhyme percentage or any bullshit like that. It's just the 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 ten albums that I went back to and gravitated back to and that impacted me. And the reason there's such a difference between the, the reason Charlie f- found this hard, in my view, I would have found it almost impossible to do last decade because that was my formative decade with regards to music. You know, I'm 31 now, and this decade's been really freaking challenging for me mentally, and I've been numb and, like, low and out of life for the, you know, the better part of six or seven years. And so my albums, when I was going back through them and and looking at Charlie's albums and comparing the two, mine are just, they're either really dark and low and depressing, or they're (laughs) albums that I appreciated on a technical level. And it made me sad. It honestly made me sad to look at, at, at my list again and, and just realize that, man, I've had a rough, a really, really rough decade. Um, so, yeah, my list is going to, you'll probably, you, everyone's going to get upset at me because they're just going to be like, meh, bro, you just <laughs> stole Pitchfork's list or you just stole, I don't know, you just stole a generic top 10 album of the decade list. So I will explain why those albums are important to me. But, um, yeah, Charlie's going to be the star of the next four episodes because, uh, <laughs> yeah, my list is cool. My list is cool, and don't get me wrong. You've got a good list. 
I've written some stuff down about it. I've got some statistics, but um, I'm more interested to hear what Charlie has to say, to be 100% honest. <laughs> uh, so do you want to flip a coin to go first? Or? Um, no, you go first, because I just talked, so you can, you can jump in. Tiny Tempo, is that first up? Yeah, you've already spoiled it, and I already spoiled it with the intro, but yes, it's a Tiny Tempo Discovery. Now, for people that are in the UK, they're kind of, um, I guess... Most of them will probably be privy to this album in terms of, uh, and this artist in terms of, like, uh, yeah, what happened to Tiny Temper? <laughs> and uh, I was actually like looking him up recently because I haven't, I haven't followed him on anything since, um, yeah, since his third album dropped, Youth. And that project for me was just so highly disappointing because I waited. It's not like my thing with waiting for people's art or whatever is, um, is when they say it's coming you, you, you either either be quiet after that until you have a date or just you know don't say anything at all because he kept saying coming soon coming soon coming soon and then dropped a couple of singles here and there and like getting me real giddy for this album and then when I listed the th- his third album and I was just like <sighs> That was that was a waste of that was a waste of hype but um, but yeah once it comes to when it comes to the, the, his first album, uh, discovery. I've I forgot how old, I forgot how old I was. So, uh, thirteen, something like thirteen, fourteen, and <clears throat> it was the first. It was the first album for me where I was transported somewhere else. If that makes any sense. Like uh, before though, before those, before that, my my intake of music was either what my sister gave me or what my dad gave me or what the radio gave me. And, you know, Tiny Temple is kind of a product of what I listened to on the radio as well. And at that time, I was always listening to uh, Kiss. Shout out to Kiss. Amazing station. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, you know, I think the first time I listened to Pass Out, I was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what is it? What is this? And then I listened to it a couple more times. I was like, this is, this is kind of a decent, not a good lie. And it really... What fascinates me with this album now, looking back at it, is how much of a snapshot it was of t- of 2010 at that time in the UK? Because at that time it was like um, you had some, you had a few UK rappers like Tiny Temper, Tingy Strider, Chip Monk. At that time, now it's Chip. Um, they they got signed to major deals for whatever reason because. You know, there were there were people there were people before them that were obviously either established or just um probably better than them, you know, bar for bar, whatever, you know, there was people like Kano, there was Akala, there was Dizzy Rascal, Wiley, JME, Skepta, there was all those. But they those three in particular, and also N dubs as well if you want to throw them in, got major deals. And it was such a fascinating time in UK music. And also if you link that to um there was like a good dance scene going on. There was obviously drum and bass coming through, and like people like Chase and Status owned a couple of years, a couple of summers for me and my friends. It was crazy. But Tiny Temper, now that I'm looking back at that particular album now, is such an interesting snapshot. Like I said, because it has a lot of a lot of elements in there. It's not just hip hop. There's a lot. There's and the first, on the intro. It's just so electronic, but also has them thumping beats as well. And there's great features on here, Labyrinth, Family Sanday. It's just uh, Eric Turner as well, but I don't really. I, st- I still, I still, to- I keep forgetting where Eric Turner's come from, but I, I knew he's in a band or something, but I keep forgetting. 
but yeah, the 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 sky the 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 way the discovery just skyrocketed uh, Tiny Temper's career because like written in the stars was like used for like WrestleMania and like Super Bowls and stuff like that, and you know he he got uh, he was on Glastonbury um at that around that time with Snoop Dogg as well. Snoop Dogg put him on to Glastonbury and he performed Pass Out in Glastonbury. It's just an it's just a fascinating album, and uh, it really it really was the first album for me personally that like transported me somewhere else. And uh, I listened to it before I went to bed a few times. So I remember listening to the intro and just like just looking up at the scene and just like going, "What the fuck am I listening to? This is crazy." Um, you know, it's not the greatest album. It's not the greatest album of all time. Let's be real. Uh, it's, it's very poppy. Now that I'm thinking about it, but uh, yeah, man, it's just it's just an amazing album for me personally. Yeah, putting that album on yesterday, uh, I was driving up to Woolworths to buy a, a, a birthday card for my sister. Oh, you still have Woolworths? That's yeah, we got Woolworths. For here for ages. No, we got Woolworths over here. And, um, bro, the intro was just wild. And then, so I put it on and I was driving down to to see my friend in Wollongong. So it's about a 40-minute drive and the right. beats just slap. Like, the beats freaking slap, man. The d- diversity of this produ- the, the production on this album... It, it threw me back to like that early to mid 2000s era where everyone was just cobbling mm. together these random beats and then putting it mm. on an album and it was just this really discordant chaotic listening experience but for some reason and the, the, and I think the reason it, it, it keeps matching up is Tiny Temper you know I first saw him live in 2011 and um, he was horrific live I couldn't I couldn't even listen to him I don't know if he was drunk I don't know what was going on. Uh, he was opening up for the script, uh, funnily enough. And um, I just disengaged with his music after that. He did have a huge song over here. Um, I'm not 100% sure what that song was. It was a bit. It was a while ago now. But uh, yeah, man, this album is... It's Tiny Temper. Like, he can actually rap. He can rap really well. This is his first album. This is That's correct, right? This is his debut album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, this is his debut album, and he's rapping over full-blown EDM beats... <laughs> probably nearly as good as ASAP Rocky was when he was doing that. Like his <laughs> lyrical content may not be the deepest, but you can't deny the way he walks all over the beats and finds pockets with genuinely the skill of a veteran rapper. Mm. Um, I love the album. Like honestly, you know, obviously I'm not gonna put it in my top ten of the decade because it wasn't formative for me. But I really enjoyed it. Like I can't, you know, when I fir- when I heard that, and I'd heard it after your previous two so i'd gone this was the third one i'd listened to and it was so different to that the next mm. two that you're going to mention but um yeah <laughs> I, I loved it man I, I really enjoyed the album yeah there's just uh yeah there is just like a it's it really is just like a melting pot that just works and wouldn't work for other for others to be honest like uh, this like you said just like <laughs> full-on etm piece and just like oh, drum and bass elements as well it just doesn't it doesn't it shouldn't make sense but for me it really does i don't know why but it's uh yes yeah, it's, it's 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 such a it's it's such a fun album for me to go back to and just think about because uh it really was that f- first album that just really caught my imagination and just took me somewhere else and i, I still have those same animated pictures in my head of just like when it when he says something it sends me to like a certain picture and just like uh, and i still have that same i still have those same imaginations in my head it's crazy it's, it's crazy but uh, yeah yeah it's a, it's a it's a real fun one but um but yeah that's my number 10 okay um my number 10 is 444 by jay-z 
Now, when I first heard this album, like obviously I'm a card carrying Jay Z stan. So <laughs> this album, if this album was just blew my mind, like it, it was Sean Sean Carter's first album. Like yeah. every other album was Jay Z. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's the first album we've ever got from him. Although we have gotten one-off songs like Regrets, You Must Love Me, This Can't Be Life, Beach Chair. But as someone who devoted most of their young musical life to the man, Sean Carter, rather than the rapper Jay-Z, and as mm. the only person in genius history to get 100,000 IQ on one single artist, which is Jay-Z, the album was just totally addictive. Hearing him speak on the issues he had with Beyonce, of which I'd so read so many rumors, listening to him speak about his mother's sexuality, hearing mm. him kill his own ego, the one that I'd so admired from like Big Pimpin', Poppin' Tags, I Did It My Way, The Ruler's Back. Like that was, you know, where's Iceberg Slim? Like he was Cashmere <laughs> Thoughts. This was one of the biggest braggadocio rappers of all time. And he killed his own ego off on the very first song. So that was amazing. Then he was rapping on a level that I hadn't heard for a full project since at least the Black Album. And, Mm. you know, there are three albums in Jay's career that he didn't waste a single bar on. Blueprint, Black Album, and 444. And it's really, really hard to not waste a single bar because how many, or genuinely how many albums could we name that have no throwaway or pointless bars? Like we have Mm. Illmatic, we have Marshall Mathers LP, maybe... Mad Villainy, but none of Kanye's, for example. Like, there are always... It's really hard to lock in for a whole project. Um, it's a, I think it's a sign of a classic album. I'm not saying that 444 is yet. But um, then, then, then I get to Marcy Me and oh, the third God, verse on Smile, yes. and I'm just like, yes. what, bro, what are you yeah. doing? Like, how are you doing that? You know, there is no one who could outrap Jay-Z on those two songs. The third mm. verse of Smile and the two verses on Marcy Me. Uh, you know, the, the same way that no one could have rapped alongside Eminem on Renegade. Even mm. Royce, you know, Royce couldn't do I've heard the original version, but no one could touch Jay's flow on that out on that on those two songs and especially in a in an era where flow is not as important as it used to be. You know, you go back to the 90s and the 2000s and rappers were switching their flow up constantly. Nowadays it's like we have a flow, we're going to stick to it. And that was wild. Um, the sequencing of the album is incredible, and I give so many props to No ID for that. The only bad beat is the is Kill Jay Z. To be honest, I didn't really like that okay. beat. But then you bring Story of OJ straight after that, uh, and then go to Smile, and then instead of directly transitioning into four four four, you uh, move on to I think Bam is the next track, and no, he's spring- uh, uh, you know called, he's spring- called the rise of Frank Ocean. Yeah, yeah, and he sprinkled the tracks like Moonlight and Legacy amongst like Bam and Marcy Me. Like it was just mm. masterfully sequenced, mm. and the conversations that that album sparked were just crucial. Like I had a three-hour debate with someone I hold very dear after we listened to the story of OJ about white people saying the N-word, and we mm. ranted, we raved, we spoke, we dissected. I showed them the video, and at the end of it, they finally understood why it's disrespectful to say that word as a white person, you know, and we would never have had that conversation if that song hadn't come on while we we're in the car together. So like that was incredible. The emotions of the title track, uh, man, that haunts me to this day. And that's a good thing. So finding out that Jay-Z had cheated on Beyonce when he was significantly older than I am now sparked an internal dialogue. Like I've cheated, okay. 
but not since I was 19, you know, and that was a decade prior to 444 dropping and about 15 years younger than Jay. And it made me realize how solid my own value system is and how much I truly value honesty and loyalty. You know, Beyonce forgave Jay for what he did. It's not my place to speak on it. Um, But after that song, I listened to entire podcasts about infidelity and how you move past infidelity and and breaking trust and conflict resolution and stuff like that. And yeah, man, personally, I can't listen to songs like that, especially after he dropped Real Friends, uh, Friends with Beyonce on Everything Is Love in 2018, Mm. where he said that, you know, Kanye criticized Jay for not turning up to his wedding because Jay-Z was at home trying to mend his relationship with Beyonce after he cheated. And Jay-Z was like, bro, this, of course I'm going to do that. Like, you're being selfish. I, I, I'm thinking, Jay, relax, man. You cheated on your wife. You're, one of your best friends is getting married and now you're upset that they're upset that you didn't come to their wedding because you cheated on your... Like, you know, it just got messy. But that's what I love about it. It's so human and it's so Sean Carter instead of like just this, you know like guy up on a plinth that you can't touch you know that we saw in takeover it's like he's untouchable Mm. um i don't listen to this album as much as i used to because of those reasons but that i think that's a good thing like for me to emotionally connect to an album in 20 in 2017 is just wild because you know i was not in an emotional place at all i was very numbed with medication and and just not well Mm. um powerful album man powerful album for me yeah so uh fun fact ladies and gentlemen this is actually the first time i've listened to this album was uh, a few hours ago <laughs> wow okay <laughs> for, for back from front to back anyway i've, I've obviously i've obviously i've seen all i've seen all the music videos and stuff like that so i've listened to a few tracks but not all of them obviously uh, uh some of the deep cuts as well but yeah listen to it fully um from front to back it is like you said it's uh, it's very it is very human and uh, very very different obviously compared to everywhere else like I, I remember doing an article uh around the time when this dropped well around the time when chris rock's tambourine dropped and i i see i see chris rock as you see jay-z like from a comedy standpoint there is nobody that touches stand-up more than chris rock for me like chris rock is just undefeated for me unbelievable um and the way they both they, they were they're both at like similar ages and similar stages in life and they both delivered these two entities of their art form. And they were both introspective and they were both very adult, but also sticking to, you know, the program that, you know, I'm still a rapper and I'm still a comedian and a, and a, and a guy as well. So I found both of them very fascinating. And, uh, from, and now that I've listened to it fully uh, from front to back, it just reasserts was, um, why I initially uh, thought... Um, particular tracks. Obviously, the story of OJ. I just, I just love, really love that track from start to finish and everything about it, and also the music video as well. It's just, it's, it, it was one of my favorite songs of that year. Uh, uh, and I, I think I put it on the list as well from that from that year. And I, I'm happy I did because it's just, it's still so fun to me, yeah. uh, and so fascinating to me. Uh, Marcy B really caught me. <laughs> Because just the the shout outs on there and just the homage really just yeah. like on me. Yeah. This is this is a, this is a, I really enjoyed that particular it's track. That was tier. very good. 
top tier track. Uh, like I said, Full Forty Four, the title track itself is very good. And uh, moving on to like Family Feud, straight after. Oh I've yeah. Never, I've, 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 I've never. I really. I was thinking like halfway, halfway throughout the track, I was like. Is Beyonce getting a verse here? Because I don't think she is. But but regardless of that, when it fin- when it finished, and obviously obviously she was in like the background in terms of like back backing vocals anyway. But I was like, once I finished, I was like, I'm glad she didn't get a verse. So it was it was kind of it was kind of cool that she was always like constantly behind like a I don't know like a just 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 being in the background like that and just constantly being heard but not being heard at the same time. Yeah. It was very it was very it was very interesting. Uh, uh, way of doing things because like, you because you see Jay Z and Beyonce on there you're like ah she's gonna get a verse she's gonna get to say what she said but uh, say what she wants to say or whatever but uh, no she's just she's just laying in the cup <laughs> she's just chilling by let me let me just throw these vocals right quick um, I will say uh, I keep having to read the read the title uh, read the title like an idiot because it just fucks me up in terms of the capitalization but many face God uh, with the James Blake as well. God, yeah. I don't, I, 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 I do. I like the song, but I feel like I feel like the blue freestyle and we family felt like a good finish. You know what I mean? I, I felt I like, like the lyrics on that song particularly. Like I love yeah. blues freestyle, but with Jay, it's like why are you going back to this again? You know, you've already done this. Um, mm. This is a weird title for a song like this. Uh, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that song. Which one? Many Face God. Okay, yeah, so we agree. Yeah, so you know, it's it's a eight, but I, I just felt like I just felt like we family would have just tied it up very nicely. Hundred percent. You know, in the ter- in the in the story of what's going on here, the same we family is just like that's a, that's a good finish. I felt good, and then many face girl comes on like yeah, that was one too many for me. But um, yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I gave it a listen finally. Um, it's, it's obviously been a while. Uh, being a long time coming, but yeah, no, so well, well, really worthy pick in terms of just the. When you're when you're invested in the whole career of Jay Z and looking at it from the broadest of lenses, it's super fascinating just to yeah. look into that album and just go like, and and actually look up the backstory as well because I think uh, it really adds to it the fact that obviously we all knew what was going down and all what all the rumors were about and um, obviously Lemonade dropped like the year before so or two years yeah. before anyway and uh, yeah it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting thing this uh, if you listen. Excuse me. If you like, listen to both albums back to the front because I was just like thinking yeah, that I was that's like, interesting. "Wow, man! Imagine playing Lemonade and then this. I'll be quite, I'll be quite interested. And then everything is love. They'll be. They look have, have a good trilogy right there, like the relationship yeah. trilogy. That's very interesting. Yeah, I just thought about that. it, but yeah, yeah. Good shout for number ten. Good shout. Okay, cool. Jump on. What's your number nine? My number nine is. Uh, let me check because. <laughs> I I chopped and changed this so many times after I have to read it. Yes, it's a Red Free Two's Growing Over Life. Um, now I actually put this. I think I put this uh, album like number five on my top ten of that particular year. Um, and there may have been like another hip hip hop album above it. I forgot what it was, but it wasn't it wasn't British. I know that. And but the reason I want to say that is just because I feel like this is just one of the best british uk rap projects we have had we have had ever um it's really you know people people really shouted out you know stormzy for having an album like gang signs and prayer where it wasn't where you know that particular album just like really surprised me because it was just like um it wasn't just big few boots like you know chesty music chesty uh you know high-paced rap music there was some gospel elements there 
and uh, you know just religious religious content as well it really hit me different uh, and really caught me off guard but retro 2 has this introspection that just nobody else has um obviously i reference uh, i've listened to upon reflection his album that dropped this year a couple of well like a month or so ago now uh, or three weeks ago and yeah but but grown over life just hit me different because at that time um, obviously one of the tracks is uh, called uh, uh, Conversations and Mark Duggan or something like that and for those who don't know st- uh, the story well wait, you know what just google Mark Duggan because I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to bog down into stories but uh, yeah this, this this album just uh, really really got me thinking about a lot of things at that time because I think I was like in uh, just second year of university maybe something like that and uh or, or end of first year, some of that, and uh, yeah, this was. It's a, it's an album that is very personal to Retch, obviously, and has a lot of um, personal elements. But it also really fits into why I th- why I kind of think in my personal journey in terms of start like the songs like I O U with Emily Sande just um, just really hit me different because at that time I just, and you know still now I feel very lucky to have the family that I have regardless of how small it is now because it really is just incredibly small once I think about it and in the in the grand scheme of things when I look at other people's families like I went to a wedding uh well not well I went to the end of a wedding (laughs) I went to the celebrations of a wedding uh the post-wedding celebrations there you guys will call it uh, a few a few weeks ago and there was just so much family there and, you know, I was, like, dapping up the, the groom, who's my mate, Sam. Shout out to Sam. And shout out to Rutendo as well, uh, future wife-to-be. And, um, yeah, it was just the, the, the family element there was so interesting. And then you look at, like, my family dynamic, where it's just literally just me, my sister, and my mum. And and when he talk, when Rich talks about, um, on, on IOU, talking about his um, sister and his mother and stuff like that, it really just hit me personally right in the chest for that particular song and but there's also a lot of songs on here where it's just like um and shouting out to another intro antwi fucking hell that 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 song has so much heat behind it Bro, that that was <laughs> fire that was straight fire that intro such a such Shit. an intro and it just it that, that just unleashed like an anger as well yeah. um there's a lot of there's a lot of anger behind this but there's also just a lot of um there really is just a lot of uh, introspection behind this, and you know, once you get, when, once we, once I go through these this whole list uh, fully, you will understand that I'm really about introspection, because <laughs> there is a lot of albums here that are just very introspective and very reflective. But yeah, Reg just really does it for me in terms of just how he does it, and um, also just having good bars as well as doing that, like having the good craft that he has. He's been doing this for years now. And uh, I think I didn't I didn't really appreciate it with his first few albums, uh, like Retrospective and uh, oh, I forgot the name of the other one, but um, I didn't really appreciate it back then. Um, but when it came to Growing Over Life, I really came to just appreciate what he was talking about because it's not the first time he's been he was well, he was like that. He's been like that for most of his career. But uh, yeah, so it's a really it's a really interesting album, and I think once like I keep growing, you know, like like the album says, growing over life. Once I keep growing like this, and if I go back to that album in like ten years time, and potentially I don't know, I have a wife and kids or whatever, 
it's gonna hit different again and <laughs> i'm just gonna be like oh fucking on this album so it's just uh it's interesting looking back at listening to it but it's also very interesting thinking about how i where i will be and then listening to that again it's just gonna feel it's, it's just a weird feeling that uh that, that's gonna give me <laughs> Yeah, this album was the one that I felt a little... I texted Charlie uh, probably Friday after he'd sent me his list. And I was like, man, I feel really voyeuristic right now because this is a deep, <laughs> personal album from Wretch yeah. 3-2. And, you know, after the first track, I thought, wow, this is going to get pretty downtrodden and it's going to be pretty... No, you know, we're going to really thing. get in... But that's the thing, right? That's the <sighs> thing. It's, comp- it's not like that at all. And then yeah. by the time you get to Liberation... Yeah. Um, Oh, man, it was just, it took me on a bit of a journey. And yeah, uh, yeah, I, I can't say a huge amount on this album because it was it was personal. I, I, I'm not going to say Wretch 3-2 is the greatest rapper of all time, but holy crap, did he express himself well and, and insert the emotion that he'd been experiencing and uh, insert his own life experiences into it, turn them into stories. And then, yeah, it was, I can't, I'm a bit speechless, man. That album... That album really affected me emotionally when I heard it on on the Friday because I wasn't ready. I wasn't sure where Charlie was going to go with his list. And then when I heard that, I was like, oh, shit. All right. So great album, man. Great album. Honestly, great album. Yeah, just just a little point on that. When you talk about that, obviously the intro interview was just so heated, and then like it just it just simmers down, and like uh, yeah. songs like "All a Dream" just like uplifts as well. Um, Shouts and Locked Brown on that track, and yeah. It, 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 that's another thing. It's just like a whole another dimension of just not being, not always being, uh, you know, in the feels and stuff like that. But there are some just like very hopeful feeling tracks as well. And I got that with Upon Reflection as well uh, when listening to that. But obviously this came first, so <laughs> so this had dibs. But um, but yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a great album. I'm super happy to just have it uh, on this list. To me, I'm glad I found a place for it. Ah, oh, great album. Bench number nine. <laughs> All right. So, El Sweatshirt's Doris. Now, yeah. Doris yeah. is my music, man. Like, so, you know, th- Thursday I had one, honestly, had one of the worst days of my life. Now, no one died. You know, it was just a bad day psychologically. I went into the city on Friday to walk around this in the sun. Um, mm-hmm. And I was listening to Wretch 32's album, Wretch 32's album. And I just, whilst I could appreciate it and feel it, I couldn't connect with the positive, uplifting energy it was you know it held i was just too low i was too down and there was you know i was just full of raw pain if i'm going to be honest because charlie was honest in his last so i'm going to say honest like i felt like absolute freaking garbage and Mm. so i put doris on because i wanted to re-listen to it before this podcast as soon as i turned it on it felt like uh, a kindred spirit was speaking to me from a place of just total unabashed darkness like oh provides a different kind of empowerment where Rest 3-2 put the world on his back and told us with supreme confidence that he can handle it and he's got us. Earl is kind of the opposite. Like he gets down in the foxholes with us and he growls and he spits venom over beats mm. that, you know, they wouldn't be out of place in a freaking industrial acid rainstorm. Like, and you, you see him through the downpour. Like imagine him just standing fully clothed in the middle just immovable as the world kind of maelstroms around him. He doesn't flinch. He doesn't cower. He faces every dark thought head on. And by the time we get down to Sasquatch, Earl earns our trust enough to say, squadron full of some lost souls, so shimmy through the swamp, follow me through the foxholes. 
and you you're on your fucking stomach man you're as he leads like you're behind him like you're like oh shit all right man like you're you're our leader at this point yeah um every beat tells a story that often isn't even matched by the bars it's like sometimes it's like listening to two albums at once you know sunday sunday is almost like a slow march towards the sun and although frank and earl expound upon the benefits of sobriety in the chorus the first verse is just dark and dismissive um chum could be charming uh but there's just this sinister edge and his monotone delivery it could be more joyous in the hands of someone like Wiz Khalifa but um you know Earl ugh, bro Earl ugh, I can't speak more highly about Earl like we've spoken about him before and just his technical ability the way he enunciates and I actually posted up this morning on Twitter uh how much he's actually rapped in the last since Earl since his debut mixtape so he's put yeah. out Doris, uh, some rap songs, I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside, The Solace EP, and Feet of Clay. So that's, what, five projects. Mm-hmm. In the last ten, nine years, he's only rapped for one hour, ten minutes, 42 seconds. That's all he's rapped for. You know, there's instrumentals and shit, but, like, it's it averages out to seven minutes and 20 seconds per year uh, on his time. own mm. solar projects, right? So yeah. I posted that up on Twitter and I was like, you guys, are you guys satisfied? You know, are you happy with the amount he's rapping? And like, you know, I went back to sleep after I tweeted it and woke up an hour <laughs> later and everyone was just like, man, come on. It takes a, it takes a year to unpack an Earl album because his <laughs> lyrics are so dense. And that's the thing. That's the yeah. thing. Like he doesn't have to be yeah. incredibly prolific because his lyrical content is just deep and dark and dense. Um, he got me through, man. He got me through Friday. It was a rough day. Uh, yeah. It was. It's just a great album. I, I go back to it and just wallow in it and just let it envelop me, and it it just feels it feels calming and nice. And um, yeah, I can't speak too much more highly of this album than it's it's a very important album. Uh, I wanna I wanna ask you a question, but before I do that, I just wanna like just read some of these. <laughs> These fucking lyrics, bro. <laughs> like this, this, I remember I, I listened to this and I don't like shit. Uh, like in quick succession one day, cause uh, shout out to my boy Oatmeal. Uh, his his name's not Oatmeal, but it's a nickname I give him. And uh, he 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 was like very, he's very into like back in the day when we uh, when like we were in high school, he was like that. He was that odd future guy. He was just that yeah, odd future yeah. kids, just that white kid that listed odd future. That was him. Skateboarded, wear worn uh, black and green striped uh, jackets. <laughs> he was that guy. He literally was that guy to a fucking T. Um, and yeah, he was like listening to this stuff, you know, way before I did. And he was like going, "Mate, you need to get on this. It's, it's so good." I'm like, "Yeah, but they're weird, man." <laughs> uh, yeah, weird. look at them, man. They're weird. <laughs> so, what the fuck are they doing, man? They look so weird. But yeah, once I once I finally got over that and I finally listened to this this stuff, and I was just like, bro, this is I can't I can't like completely fathom this fully. Even when I like read some of these lyrics right now, I'm just going through Chum right now, and I'm just like, this is fucking stupid. How much bars yeah. he's got, like. Oh my god, time lapse, time lapse, bo- bars rotten, hearts bottomless pit was mobbing deep as '96 havoc and progeny did. Ugh, filthy man. That's nothing was, fine, nothing man. was fucking awesome. Trying to make it from the bottom, his sins feeling as hard as Vince Carter's knee cartilages. What yeah. the fuck? 
How cool is that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, stop, stop, stop. But the way this... he delivers it too, it's oh. like just so deadpan monotone. Yeah. Like, but he enunciates so well. It's just total fire. It's it's like the equivalent of like them real deadpan comedians that just say things and it's funny, but you don't know why it's funny. <laughs> like if anybody else said it, it wouldn't be funny, but because they're just so deadpan the way they say it. And it's it's the same as this, like not even not even that. Obviously, his pronunciation's a very significant element of this, but uh, it's just so it's 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 so unfathomable sometimes of just how like he just constantly just streams these words. Yeah. It's like da 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 da, and it just doesn't stop. It gives me a headache. I'm just yeah. like, bro, you need to stop. Like, I'm kind of that's why I'm kind of like low key glad sometimes there's interludes because I'm just like. Yeah, good. Just slap the beat off right quick. Let me just let me just give myself a second on that. Yeah. But yeah, man, I I completely agree. It's just like I I really I really enjoyed this album. And the question I wanted to ask was like, why why this over? I don't like shit because I find this very I find this very interesting when I ask like old fans. So most of the time, sometimes I get one of the other, but most of the time it's I don't like shit, and I'm just like wondering why that one over that one because I feel like I just prefer Doris. Um, actually, okay, I don't prefer, I'm going to say I don't prefer I don't like shit because that shit was just so dim, <laughs> like it was just so dingy to me and dark, I was just like, this is, this is extremely, uh, not even sad, but like just the, this is, ex- it's like looking into, it's like four, it's like being four in the morning and uh, trying to look for the toilet, but you're drunk, it's just like, mm. it's, I, I feel like I might trip <laughs> at some point and I don't know when, it, but yeah, I, I, I just wonder why, why this so far I don't like shit. I think I got Doris just because of how, you know, I, I agree with you. I don't like shit. I don't go outside. Is just too low. It's it's almost like Earl is now being overrun by his problems and overrun by his mental state. And mm. so the reason I gravitate always back to Doris is when I'm overrun, I I can't listen to I don't I don't like shit. I don't go outside because I don't I don't. That's scary to me. Like that's really scary. That someone that I you know, would put up there. It's the same with uh, listening to some of Mac Miller's songs where mm. he was being overrun, like swimming. I, I struggle with swimming a lot because it's just someone who's, you know, not doing too well. And, and I'm not doing too well. I, I just, as I said, I want that, that kind of person to stand immovable whilst everything yeah. goes around him rather yeah. than the then on I don't like shit, I don't go outside. It's like he's on cowering underneath it. Yeah. it. Yeah, he's carrying underneath it, and I don't blame him. I'm not saying he's weak or, or a coward. I'm just saying like that shit is overwhelming, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's genuinely why I go back to Doris more. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I just I just wanted to. I, I thought I could I could see that was a possible reason, but I just wanted to. I just wanted like a yeah. concrete uh, answer from someone who I guess relates to it more than I do. But yeah, no, good shout, good shout for that uh, for a number. What are we on? <laughs> Nine, <laughs> number yeah. nine. So number eight now, yeah. And uh, yes, guys, I know it's it, we've, we're over an hour. Oh no, nah, it's all right. you just you we just have to live it. with it. We'll, we'll get, we're get we're doing we're doing this, we're today. doing we're doing uh, like I didn't say this at the start of the episode, but we're doing three, and then next episode we're doing three, and then the next episode we're doing three. One. No, no we're, we're doing one. Three, we're doing three, our number three. One. I yeah, can't three count threes. Shit. <laughs> Sorry, three threes and then a one. Then the last one is is yeah, our okay, okay. joint yeah, 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 yeah. 
Well, it's it's the greatest album of all time, but we'll, we'll get to it. Don't spoil it, don't spoil it, don't spoil it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yes. so, we're, so the next three episodes, it's going to be three albums, and obviously we're going to count down. So this is going to be the last album for each of us, and um, we'll, probably, we'll also obviously do a lino as well. But yes, just, just so you know, right. obviously we've gone over it's now, right. but you know, we're, 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 getting, we're getting in right now, we're getting in, so... Uh, we're hoping you address it regardless of the time. But anyway, uh, so yeah, my number eight and final of this episode is uh, Bro, this one, Akubinaru's The Blackest Joy. Oof, now, shit. Y- you guys have never heard of Akubinaru, and if you have, please shout me out because I want to know who has heard of Akubinaru. Bro, I can't, I can't, I love this woman so much. She's so great. She is so, she, she sounds like. I swear she must be like a professor of something because she's so intelligent. And I've heard her, I've heard her recent. Well, actually, I saw her live uh, in the summer, and uh, I saw her at a place. I forgot the name of it, but it's uh, it's in it's on it's in North London, and it was in like a it it was in like a place that like I don't know like a bingo hall. It, it seemed like such a inappropriate place. For someone as great as this woman right here, Kuinaru, but I can understand it because I I don't know her statistics on listenership or whatever, but I feel like she is not heard of enough. Let's just say that she is extremely underrated in the overall lexicon. Um, I don't remember where I found her or where I found this album. I don't remember when, and I don't know how, but I did. And I'm glad I did because this album is just so... And, you know, I, you can... For for another reference in terms of why this album I why I enjoy this album so much and why I hold so much weight to it, um, it's very similar in term uh, in terms of like messaging and stuff like that to uh, Common's uh, Black America again. So if you listen to, if you've listened to that, you're on your way to what I'm like what I'm hinting at in terms of why I like this album. Um, I think I said in when I put this on my like when I put this like number two on my top ten last year. Um, I said that Akubinaru sounds like, and I'm I'm paraphrasing. I, I'm not re- I'm not reading from my phone here, but uh, I said like Akubinaru sounds like she went to the Lauren Hill University of <laughs> Lauren Hill University, and like her major was like Black Studies or something like that, or Black History, because she sounds like she has Lauren Hill vibes, but her scope of intelligence is just so much higher because like Lauren Hill is stacked with emotional intelligence I'll say that because like the way she can emote like uh, t- talk about her emotions and how she's feeling and stuff like that that's what makes Lauren Hill great what makes Naru great and I'm not saying she's Lauren Hill level I'm just saying I'm not saying that but she is good <laughs> and uh, the reason the reason why I say that is because uh, she she talks about topics that just really that you know we've heard before you know blackness and you know there's songs like called there's songs called Serena and uh, uh, Baldwin's Crown and uh, I uh, made it as well which is uh, one of my favorite tracks on here and you know th- these are topics that have been covered extensively um, there are many artists similar to to her like uh, Sar Rock or uh, well Rhapsody of course. Um, and uh, also Maimuna Yusuf. They're, they're very. They're, there are a lot of women that are similar to Akunaru, but the way she does this is so intelligent. And the album cover slaps. I love the album cover as well. I really love that. Just a side note. But yeah, um, this album is just super black, but 
even when I was like watching her live, there was everybody there. There was a lot of interracial couples, which really fascinated me. <laughs> and I was just like, there's a lot of interracial couples. There. Yeah, you mentioned um, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think I did. Yeah, I remember. And uh, yeah, it was just seeing her live and uh, and seeing her perform tracks from this album uh, really gave me another dimension. But simply put, this album is just like really black, but also really inviting as well. You don't have to be black to listen to this. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying at all. But her intelligence in terms of just like musical uh, elements there's like african musical elements here um in the choir as well it's just it's just such a really really important album to me personally because i just like um you know at the same time i was really trying to understand my roots and stuff like that and i'm still trying to um in it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing task <laughs> But uh, yeah, it it really hit me different uh, when I initially listened to it. But sometimes I do listen back to it like on the train home now. Uh, I don't know why, but I just I, I just do. I just really yeah. And I think it's I think it's all the more different that it comes from a woman as well. Um, which is probably why I didn't put Communist Black America again in here in, instead. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, Haku Norris great. I just. <laughs> I love that woman so much. She's great. This, bro, I this this podcast is gonna run long because this, I have stuff to say about this album. Like, listen to this album came at an essential time for me on Friday. Uh, as I said to Charlie during the week, Thursday was one of the most horrible days of my life. Um, I've been experiencing a lot of injustice recently with regards to the Australian government and their just outright dismissal that mental health issues even exist, even when yep. presented with extensive hard evidence. And on Thursday, I had a conversation with a judge, and I've never been disrespected like that before in my life. I hung up the phone on him. It was that bad. Mm. Um, it was a disgusting way to treat me, disrespectful to me, my parents, mental illness, and my psychologist who spent 30 hours writing a report that he dismissed without a single thought. Now, this process has been going on for 21 months. It's the first time in my life as a white male that I felt any kind of injustice or oppression firsthand. And I'll tell you this, for anyone who's listening who's like me, who is white and male and hasn't felt this oppression before, it is fucking scary. But you know what the scariest part of it is? I'm a white male. I come from a middle-income home in a first-world country. I'm blessed enough to be eloquent and lucid. I'm physically and intellectually capable of defending myself. It took you 37 years. (laughs) That's right. This is what I get to. Now begin removing those blessings I've been bestowed with for no reason other than luck of the genetic draw, right? All of a sudden, how fucking scary is it fighting a government or a police force or any kind of authority when you aren't a well-off white male? And that's the scariest thing in the world to me. If I could be spoken to a judge like that and told that my opinion and my evidence and my facts don't matter to him, Mm. how the fuck do people handle growing up that way, living that way, living in a country that actively rejects them for no reason other than the color of their skin or their gender or their sexual preference, things they were born with, things that should be celebrated, embraced, enjoyed... You grow up and you see your parents racially discriminated against. You see white police shoot and kill black kids and get away with it. You get turned down for jobs. You get leered at. Your own fucking president hates you. Mm. president that you didn't fucking vote for. And so listening to this album, it was like all of that shit. I needed it that day. Okay, like 
They're so fucking essential albums like that, and not just for the people they're speaking to, for, and about. Like, they're essential for people like me, people who aren't exposed to this side of life because the privilege that my ancestors ancestors built at the expense of the rest of the world protects me from the harshness of human existence. And most people will sit wrapped up and cocooned in it, and they'll never leave the warmth it provides. It's really sad that we need albums like this, right? Yeah. But the way that she delivered it was just pure beauty. It was just, to me, a staggering album in scope and execution. And I got to thank you, Charlie, for introducing it to me because it reminded me that my fight is, you know, it's it's a mere speck of dust in the world in a world full of injustice. Like it's a tiny little iota. And whilst yeah. I do have to fight, I have to win this case, especially for my friends with mental illness who have faced similar injustice at the hands of the government. There is so much more to do and say and learn and experience and hear about. And there's just, you know, I, I when I wrote when I wrote and and thought about that, I was wondering whether it would be disrespectful for me to say all that, but I feel like I have to say it because I had a conversation with a friend yesterday about this exact same thing, and and she was talking about not being exposed to music like this as mm. a white teenager and just not understanding, like not even having any knowledge or, you know, during your formative years. And, bro, these albums are just so freaking essential. It's really yeah. sad that they are. But holy shit, what a powerful fucking album. Ugh, I'm just blown away by it, totally. Yeah, and it's, uh, and it's just it's, it's super calming. For me, even though you say you say all that and how important it is, and I agree with you full, fully, I just I don't know why, but I find it so calming listening to it. Um, there's a level of there's a level of hope in it uh, that I really I guess gravitate to, and it's power re- man. and reassurance, yeah, and reinsurance as well um, that I gained from this album, and that's probably why I listen to it now and again because it just. Uh, it really does give me just a level of uh, confidence, but not in terms of like energy. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of songs that can give me energy. You know, I can listen, I go listen to, I don't know, uh, a Michael Made It beat or something like that, and just, uh, just like, you know, just really get, really get energetic. But no, this, this just gives me a different level of like confidence and just, like I said, reassurance that it's just, um, it feels homely as well. It just it's very it's very inviting. I think that's why the audience that was with me there when I when I went to see her in London was just so diverse. It was just because it really is that inviting. It's not um, it's not offensive, no. but it's also but it, but it it does but it also does try to make a point, um, and she does it in a way that is just so. Um, like I said, inviting and just very uh, and very calmly and just very precisely for every track. It's just uh, yeah, but uh, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm gonna say this every time, but I can't love this album more, <laughs> more because uh, nice. yeah, but it's 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 highly it's 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 so great. I I, I really enjoy albums like these, and uh, I feel and like you said, it's uh, it is very important to just uh, display these kinds of different perspectives of lives and. Uh, yeah, man, that's good. I'm, I'm glad it. I'm glad it hit you in the in a in a way that I didn't really see coming, to be honest. Nah, man. Like I agree with everything you said. I think it was perfectly executed, and I think it was the perfect blend of explaining, 
injustice and, and presenting it and presenting and then just presenting empowerment and just confidence and celebration and uh, yeah. I that's why I said I can't I don't know what else to say it's like uh, it's top absolutely top tier album like fucking amazing album yeah man I loved it salute salute alright finish on yours Ben's number no. 8 <laughs> bro see this is why I said to Charlie your list runs fucking rings around my list because, <laughs> because we've both just gotten emotional and in our feelings <laughs> about that and like it's provoked a deep response and then so Ben what's your number 7 or number 8 and I'm like uh, it's Travis Scott's Astroworld <laughs> everyone at home is just like okay switch off uh, <laughs> we're done oh boy Anyway, I'm this, sorry. <laughs> this is my number eight. This is my number eight. Let's hear about guys. Let's hear about. Look, it's nowhere near the level of uh, the last album we just spoke about, but I'll speak about it. Um, Astro World dropped, and I was kind of meh about it because people were calling it brilliant and amazing and an instant classic, and mm. I personally just assumed it was hype. You know, Sicko Mode was fire, but outside of that, I couldn't really understand what 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 everyone was getting so excited about it was about two months after it dropped and i was walking from bronte to bondi in sydney and i was in a shit mood and astro world was one of the only phone albums i had saved to my old phone which was a samsung s5 and if i tried to stream music my phone might have exploded like it was old school so i was like oh i have to listen to this now like i can't you know i can't stream any music here and you know what? The whole landscape opened up to me, the world that he crafted. And we've spoken before on this podcast of our love of world-building albums like Illmatic, Mad Villainy, Good Kid, Mad City, 808s. You know, albums in mm-hmm. which the artist props their creative intent against the the easel and fills in every single detail. Yeah. And Astro World is exactly that for every reason. It's like the beat changes are seamless, which is entirely irrational considering how varied the instrumentals are. Like... Yeah. You know, they, it just goes back and forth, but for some reason, it just always transitions well. Travis blends singing and rapping with a skill. Ugh, it's like, man, he's put in his 10,000 hours because he'll rap nine words in a bar and he'll sing the 10th and he'll hold that cadence for an entire song. Or he'll slowly drift from rapping into singing over the course of 16 bars so imperceptibly it'll hit you in the final bar in his highest register and you'll just be like, well, how the hell did he do that? Like, uh, it's like the whole album is super tight. Um, Stop Trying to Be God is like, it's almost orgasmic. And I say that in the most sexual, non-sexual way possible. It's long been a staple of electronic music, you know, building up to a crescendo. And it can actually be traced all the way back to the wall of sound created by Phil Spector and, and utilized to dramatic effect by Brian Wilson on Pet Sounds. And there's a long influential link between Pet Sounds and Astro World, and I think that's why when I finally got it, it hit me so hard because that's one of my favorite albums of all time. And it's like a way to world build without words. So you fill in the space with rich sound rather than like lyrical content. You know, Travis rarely says anything of meaning or importance on this on this album. In fact, I would say Drake's lyricism on Sicko Mode might be the best display on the entire record, and ooh, that's a low ooh, bar. Ooh, ooh. Okay. But Travis doesn't even need to... Well, Travis, you know, had me out like a light. Ay. Like, like, how bad is that? But then you're just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it fits on this, you know. We're not getting, we're not getting bars. Travis isn't spitting. Um, but, you know, his voice and the production, like, his voice is a percussive instrument 
just turns this album experience into a movie and uh that's i just i i don't know you know we said that this was entirely subjective and these were just our favorite albums and i just kept going back to this over and over and over and the more i listened to it the more i appreciated the technical skill that went into this so this is the higher repeat value pretty much like uh, but but not so much that i mean it, it like I don't really go back to albums that much, to be honest. Yeah, you know, it's one. only albums that I really, really because I I was around 2010 to 2014. I was listening to like three, four hundred albums a year, and mm. so it was rare for me to ever go back to anything. And the fact yeah, that I kept now. going back to this, <laughs> yeah, man. Like how how rare is it to go back to an album? You know, yeah. two, three, four times a week yeah. for a year. Yeah. Like it's super rare. And every time I listen to this album, I'm just reminded of just how technically freaking great it is and, mm. and that's why it's so high on my list. Yeah, I think it's a real I think it's a real product of uh just the I think the bubbling up the his sound and obviously obviously he didn't obviously he hasn't uh, created the sound by himself. You know, there have been other artists beside him, his peers that have done, you know, similar work uh, in terms of sound and just like uh, trying to evolve it and I think for most people this is kind of just the peak of what that sound created uh, which is which is in Astro World. Now I don't know whether I agree or disagree with that partly just because I'm not really uh, into Travis Scott or any other eyes so you want to name this in that kind of woozy psychedelic trap uh, uh, subgenre but I do I do appreciate like like you said I do uh, we we do appreciate the world building and I must say is that it's certainly a world built uh I, I do just going from stargazing just going from there just uh it, it really it really does set you up it really does just yeah. like you know just yeah. pop on your seatbelt and it's just like this is what's going to go down and I'm just like and I'm just seeing these I'm just seeing these uh, this track list and uh, and it's all in caps I'm like Okay, we're we're gonna do this, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's is is a very, it's is is a very is a very interesting album. Uh, just, I, 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 I just find it weird that like we we just accept the fact that it's not that lyrically great, but hmm. um, but it really, but it but it is uh, from a from a sound standpoint, just very uh, very polished and very well thought out, and I do find that fascinating from a. Uh, from a a rapper's perspective, because you know we've we've said in previous we we said a lot of episodes, and uh, I think I've kind of made myself out to be uh, the old guy, even though I'm uh, even though I'm the younger guy. Uh, that you know, rappers supposed to focus on lyrics and all this, um, but uh, Travis has obviously put his all his eggs in the producing basket, and uh, hey, it, it, it is a risk. That's, it's, a, it's a definite risk to do that because uh, if this sounded terrible and then the, and then you got the lyric and then all you had to rely on was the lyrics, mm. you, you ain't gonna survive. <laughs> you ain't gonna survive this uh, a fifty eight minute album like this. But uh, but yeah, man, the sound the sound the sound really saved it for me personally. Um, and it was kind of just one of those moments where I was like, <sighs> you know what? I'll give I'll I'll give I'll 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 let you have. The these lyrics that aren't really worth much because you did you did good with the sound so I'll give you that at least at least he's done at least he's done uh great on another side of it uh, even though I would prefer to prefer better lyrics 
but that's just me. Um, but yeah, I can I can really understand why I like the Travis Scott fan um, that's been there since was it like days before Rodeo. Um, if they've been since there, and obviously watched the uh, the Netflix documentary he had, um, they're gonna see Astro World as just like you know he's he's here, and uh, I can I can I can understand that. I can re- I can really understand that. So. I wonder if this is... I mean, it's certainly the first... I think people might consider this a classic in five years. And I would say this is the first possible classic album that doesn't rely on lyrical content to to propel it to that stage. You know, we talk about DS2 by Future, but that's that's some bars on that. Like, you know, I just fucked your bitch in some Gucci flip-flops. Like, he opens the freaking album with that. Like, that's just so disdainful. And, um... Yeah, I wonder if this... And, and I don't even know if anyone will ever be able to do this again, like have a classic hip-hop album or an album that's possibly thought of as a classic. And I'm not saying it is yet, but I, I think out of the albums that came out in 2018 mm. with KSG, Daytona, and this, they those are probably the three that are most likely to be talked of in another five years of this sure. this realm. I don't think there's ever been an album that just doesn't give a fuck about lyrical content at all and focuses entirely on the production that would be talked so highly about. And I can't see any artist doing it again except Travis. Like, who else is going to do that? You know, what, maybe Playboy Cardi? But honestly, on the low, he's garbage. Like, Playboy Cardi, you know, I can't say it on on Twitter, but he it's just trash. And so... That's what I mean. Like, is it? It, it might just be a, a, a total anomaly in hip hop history in the end. Because I think we're yep. going to go gravitate back towards lyrical content eventually. But I, yeah, this was just a weird. You're right. It's weird that the lyrical content doesn't matter for the first time ever. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just a. I think it was just a real good timing. I really think it was just yeah, a really, true. a really. I think there really is an amount of luck here. Um, I think I I think I, I said this at the start of the year uh, when it was like New Year's. Uh, I said the trap has plateaued. Like I don't think it can get any higher um, than where yeah. it's at right now. So it can only go downwards. And um, for me personally, I don't know about uh, the rest of you guys and how you think about that uh, existential thought. But um, yeah, I th- I think it was really a really great time to do it. I think at that point, trap was at its peak, and that's the peak. A psychedelic trap album you know there was a lot of uh this is it really mixed in everything that was popular uh in the past five ten years and it just culminated into that um you know the the drugs trap, yeah. and the yeah. you, know, you can go back to our drugs episode on that particular front and obviously trap it was has been the has been the beat of this past decade um so yeah i think i, I really think he was just a a really lucky boy just to just to have it uh just to have it all culminate and uh you know that's just that's just great timing you can't it's, it's something you can't plan but it helps it really did help so uh yeah no there's a credit where credit's due uh, on that from that trap timeline's gonna if we ever do an episode on that how crazy is that when you look at it probably 08 started with 808s and heartbreaks began the sound 2015 oh, TI, TI. let's go back a bit ti <laughs> Yeah, but I'm talking. I'm not talking about trap. There's a, there's this distinction between trap music and trap music. Like Ti, Jeezy, yes, they were tra- that was trap music. But I'm talking about like this Travis Scott 
version of trap music. This is, people get so confused. Oh, like over the this hybrids. 92. Yeah, the hybrids. Like, you know, yes, TI definitely, but I'm talking about like that drugged out, trappy, okay. s- kind of crooning over instrumentals, 808s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was Kanye with 808s, then it was Future with DS2 was like, you know, propelled it into. And then you get Travis Scott with Astro World, probably the last. And then well, what other albums are really sticking out in that? in that mix like you know you're not gonna in 20 years time you're not gonna look back and say yeah that little baby and gunner album was fire or bro remember that trippy red joint like i don't even know a trippy red album like it it, it's just such a weird but it's it's run hip-hop for like a decade you know even drake did a whole trap album and then yeah i don't know man anyway yeah that's i think you're right i think it was just great timing and i think that's why it uh it will yeah i think you're right Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our number 10 to 8 of our hip-hop albums of the decade. Um, I want to give you a little challenge, actually. Um, so for the next three that we're going to do next week, give me, or, or, or I know I know what the 10 is, but uh, <laughs> give give the people uh, for your next three, give like a se- one-sentence clue on the next three that you have. I'll do it now? Yeah, yeah, if, if, yeah, if, yeah, if you could think of one. Like, uh, well, you go it. first because I've got to get my list up. So okay. you go first. So my number seven, um, the clue I'll give. Okay, <laughs> the best one MC, one producer album of this decade. There you go. That's 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 what you. So yeah, I think okay. I think it's the right clue. I think you'll get. Uh, I think some people think one thing, but it's it's definitely the other thing. But anyway, uh, number six. Ooh, how can I how can I tease that? Um, <laughs> I don't know how to tease that one. Um, <laughs> uh, damn, damn, damn. You know, I'm going to be really cryptic. I'm, I'm going to be really cryptic. Uh, the the original cover artwork is better than the deluxe edition artwork. There you go. <laughs> I thought you were just going to stick with the, the damn, 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 but whatever. Yeah, okay, fine, sure. <laughs> You don't try and give my shit away, thanks, thanks for that. But yeah, uh, and number five, uh, one of the best storytellers come comes back with uh, his best storytelling album yet. There you go. Okay, no, that's nice. Um, my number seven, I'm just gonna say, taking drugs underwater. If you think of an album of someone taking drugs underwater, that's what you're gonna get for seven. Number six, the most philosophical and existential album from the least likely rapper in history. <laughs> that, is number a great, five, that is a great clip. Number five, that's a tough one. Just, let's just say the the most iconic sound in hip-hop for the last ten years. Okay. It's number mm, five. Okay, that's a, that's a good one. People are going to think, near this, but no, okay. I like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. so, yeah, yeah. guys, no, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you could think of those clues before the next episode... DM me. Uh, hit, us, hit us up on that with your guesses. Um, my DMs. I've I've been really cryptic with number six, but it it will make it it'll, it'll make sense um, and will kind. Of, I think will surprise a lot of people because uh, of just yeah of just how my low t- it just, is. Yeah, yeah, it's just my taste. But um, yeah, it's, it's gonna be that's gonna be a fascinating one uh, to to get down onto. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Anyway. Uh, should we do a light note? Fuck. Do you yeah, have we can a light do note? It. Fuck it. Fuck it, man. What are we doing? We're just here. We might as well. Yeah, just the got, content. Yeah, we've got 90 minutes, so fuck it. Let's add another 10. 
Well, I haven't uh, got heaps. I haven't got heaps. Um, uh, I just want to, I just want to thank everyone out there for following. I hit seventy thousand Twitter followers during the week. Uh, October was twenty million views on the nose. Twenty million exact views, and I will easily hit one hundred million views before the end of probably this month, but definitely before the end of the year. So that will be a hundred million for this calendar year. So. All the people out there, man, I, I, I'm I pretty shocked by the fact that this is such a big thing, but I love you. You're all very kind and gracious, and, and we have great conversations, and um, I'm just a hip-hop fan like you guys. Let's just talk hip-hop, and I, I just really appreciate the opportunity to do that with a bunch of great people on the internet, which is surprising, man. My fan base is actually pretty fucking cool. Like, you guys are not aggressive vitriolic you don't yell at each other it's like you guys are cool i, I really appreciate that thank you <laughs> that's good that's good um i don't really i don't really have a lot of notes to be honest um i just uh just i've just been, I've just been doing my things to be honest and uh it's a lot of there's a, a lot of uh interesting stuff that's been that's been going on uh not personally but just uh in 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 my stratosphere but uh no so that's good. I'll, 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 I'm fine to leave it there. Um, I can't really top. I can't really top that. So, uh, you know. Well, I'll we, tell we... you. I'll tell you one thing. I was gonna say is listening to some of these albums, like Tiny Temper and Wretch Three Two. It's like I can, I can get some of where Charlie's lingo comes from, like tings. He, <laughs> like you know, some of the inflections. I was like, all right, all right. I see where the the, the lyrical roots of these come from. Because you know, you know. It's a bit of uh, a bit of English slang there, and yeah, yeah. man, I, I felt it. I felt it. I'm like, that's Charlie, Tiny Tempe. You stole that from Charlie, and then I'm like, Ben, don't no. be stupid. <laughs> nah, that was sick. I like that. Uh, no, 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 no. But we uh, we we got we got like uh, I think one more British uh, album to come, and uh, so we'll we'll get we'll get into that when we get to that. But yeah, um, yeah, it's, yeah no, it's, it's it's good that you it's good that you're learning for uh, you. <laughs> I, I do find that fascinating in terms of how I've done it. It's just like um, it really is kind of just a window to who I am, and uh, and I've always said, yeah. and uh, this might as well be my light note. This is this is kind of how I feel philosophically about music and art in general. Actually, it doesn't it doesn't have to be music. It could be TV or uh, film or uh, paintings you like or whatever. You know what you are, what you eat, and that also means what you ingest from a visual standpoint or from an ear standpoint like if you're listening to this i mean i don't want to i don't want to you know say who you are but you're a pretty cool guy <laughs> you, you you're pretty you're pretty on point and uh i highly rate you for that so, you know what i mean so you really are what you eat and you know for people that listen to the show i feel like you know you value some sort of um good conversation and potentially some knowledge and to learn something you know shout out to a couple of listeners um i forget their names uh, but uh you know who you are but uh they hit us up like after after they listened to a couple of episodes and they were just like dropping knowledge on what we were talking about like i learned some stuff off uh i learned some stuff on lp and i was just like there you go that's, yeah, that's what i'm talking that. about and that was uh, sick. you know that's that's Thank kind of that's that. the shit I'm t- that's the shit i'm thinking about um you know, when you listen to stuff and you want to gain that knowledge or you just want some, you know, people to connect to or to relate to, it's good. And, uh, you know, that's why I don't waste my time with stuff like, you know, reality TV or, or whatever. Because, like, you know, I could put my, you could put your time to something 
either more knowledgeable or just more inspirational or whatever you know you know like a, like with some of these albums that we've listened to that we're going to list off in these next few weeks you know if we didn't listen to them where would we be yeah legit question like you know w- would we would we still have these life lessons that somebody's given to us and you know so it's, it's always a question worth asking so uh but yeah you are my 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 final message in this episode is you are what you eat and that doesn't mean just food what you hear, what you listen to, what you watch on television, or, or go to the films to watch, is it really is it really is uh, what you are, and uh, really helps to I guess uh, uh, make you who you are. But anyway, no, that very well said. Thank you. Um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Digging in Digits, our longest episode yet, world record yeah, time. Yeah, we got uh, into it. <laughs> I'm going to break that a few times in the next couple of weeks. This is, is going to be a bitch to edit, but uh, it's going to be fun. But uh, yeah, man, thanks for thanks for listening to this far. Um, obviously, we really, we usually try and keep it to an hour, but uh, I think it's always, you know, we, we ain't doing it for no reason. <laughs> uh, we're doing it because we just enjoy talking about these particular albums, but... Uh, yeah, man. Hope you enjoyed these episodes. Um, if you want to, obviously, do all that liking and sharing and commenting and rating. If you want to go do that, go do that. If you really want to, uh, we won't. We won't really. Uh, you know, if you want, you know, if if you have a couple of minutes. But <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 be we'll be good regardless. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, where, where do I finish? Oh yes, I am Charlie Taylor with Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> We're so far into this hour and thirty-seven minute journey. I know, right? Like, what? <laughs> uh, I've been Ben Carter of uh, Hip Hop Numbers. We have hope you. We hope you all have a good week, and we shall always, always try and do the same. Top ten decade list continues on next week. But until then, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for this show, piece and video games by bonus points. Thanks to Joel Records for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Joel Records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits. Digging in the Digits.